they're all like, why was he taking Polaroids of you doing that? And I was like, well, it was a cool fucking picture. And I don't think, <laughs> why was he taking Polaroids? The question should be, why did I keep it in my wallet? We are live. Ladies and gentlemen, and everybody in between, welcome back to another installment of your favorite podcast, Bands, Beers, and Buzzwords, the podcast where you talk about your favorite music and I try to get you drunk doing so. My name is John Paglisotti, also known as Delta Dag Music on Instagram, and I am here today with Mr. Jack McCain. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing a lot better now that I'm talking to you, man. It's been a while. It has. It's been a fat minute. Yeah. Uh, So you got a really cool album for us today. Uh, What album did you choose? I chose The Balance by Catfish and the Bottlenet. Hell yeah, dude. I'm stoked to talk about it. But before we do that, I got to shout out a couple socials. Uh, You already got mine, Delta Dagger Music. Follow me on Instagram. I post podcast updates there as well as uh my own music and other music memes and other bs you know it's just my do everything account uh follow redefining records that is the record uh music blog that is uh you know keeping the lights on here for us uh redefining records you can see their website their instagram everything most importantly the one thing that you are absolutely required to do uh is you must pull up spotify right now and hit follow on this podcast or apple music or uh, whatever the hell other podcast thing you use. I don't know the other ones. Uh, Jack, do you have any socials you want to shout out? Yeah, just uh, hit me up on Instagram, on that IG, Jack McCain Music, um, and on Spotify at Jack McCain. There you go. Let's jump into music news. news. All right, uh, today in music news, we're going to do something just a little bit different. Uh, normally, uh, we don't really talk about the guest music, but we do have a special occasion today. Uh, Mr. Jack McCain himself has released his second EP. Yeah, it's my second one. Nice, man. Uh, and it's called The Second, right? Yep. Pretty easy to remember. There you go. I like it, man. It would have been funny if it was like your third and you called it The Second just to like freak people out a little bit. Yeah, maybe I should do that on the next one, make it the fourth. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Everybody, everybody Skip one. So let's uh, let's talk about it just for a minute. Uh, you know, listeners, I think you should know by now this podcast, I have people on to talk about someone else's music. Normally, Andrew's podcast, Sounds for Thought, is where we bring on, uh, you know, up and coming musicians to talk about their music. But I'd still like to talk about Jack's music today. Uh, Jack, knowing you and knowing your music, this EP is really cool. It goes in a little bit different direction a little bit different sound for you do you want to speak on that just for a second yeah i mean well i actually wrote other than to be happy again and the live song i put on there uh i wrote the other three songs when i was actually on tour with the last band that i toured with and we were making music all together and i had sort of stopped writing music and then i started writing music while we were on tour um and it just ended up going in a different direction and i was like you know what i sort of dig this i gotta i gotta record this shit 
Well, I dig it too, and I'm I'm happy you recorded it, man. What was that band called that you were on tour with? Oh, that was the Strayways. Strayways. Sir, you have hit our first buzzword. Uh, mention a band you used to be in. Hey, damn, dude, I remember that from the last one too. <laughs> yeah, some of these are repeated. Some of them I tailor to well, the I- specific band or album. Um, now that they're actually coming out, uh, I'm going to have to start changing more of them. But uh, I'll take <laughs> an opportunity here to sort of intro the game for any new listeners. Basically, I have 20 buzzwords here written down these are words phrases tropes things that uh, if jack mentions them he has to take a drink and uh i'm gonna cut now and let you hear what those are this week's buzzwords are mention the arctic monkeys use an onomatopoeia talk about your middle school music taste mention the strokes talk about a run-in with the police Mention a band that you used to be in. Refer to an album in post-1990 as a record. Use the phrase ahead of its time. Recite lyrics. Name a specific guitar. Mention the Beatles. Say the word drink. Mention a part of a drum kit. Tell a drinking story. Describe a sound as raw. Mention a music video. Mention Modest Mouse. Name a city in the UK. Mention Triple J and use the phrase PhD. Boom. So there you go. Those are the buzzwords for this week. Um, Again, I'm going to be trying to bait Jack into saying some of them. Uh, He does not know what the words are. You, dear listeners, do. So it'll be kind of fun. Um, On that note, uh, what's that? I got a drink now. That's right. In fact, say the word drink is another one. So that's two for you, brother. All right. Well, here was the surprise I was telling you about. Uh, I know you have most people just take a little sip of their drink, but I'm going to one up you there and I'm going to be taking a shot for as many of the buzzwords as I can. until. Oh, I- dang. We're drinking some Hornitos tequila, bro. Hornitos. Very nice, man. I'm drinking tequila as well. I um, I don't remember what brand this is, but I've, I've poured some tequila into a big coffee tumbler with uh with some uh seltzer water and, and ice that's what i'm drinking today yeah i'm just taking shots and chasing it with some ginger ale but that's one shot down awesome. more in the second one this i don't know how long i'll be able to do this for but i got cores on deck so nice man hey more power to you man i i uh i have people who just take sips um i gotta warn you man my last guest uh, I was able to get him on all 20, so. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll probably, I'll probably cut myself off, depending on how quick they go, probably around seven or eight. <laughs> well, that's, that's a lot too, man. I, I commend you for that. That's hardcore, <laughs> dude. Well, I'm trying um, to get drunk, man. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That's, it's more fun when you get real drunk, so I'm, I'm happy, yeah, exactly. dude. I like that. <laughs> that's a real rock and roll lifestyle right there. Oh, yeah. All right, dude. Uh, if you're all ready, if you've uh, recovered from those shots, let's jump in. Why don't you remind us one more time what the album is that you've chosen? All right. The album I've chosen is The Balance by Catfish and the Bottlemen, the greatest band ever. Nice. Well, what That's makes what, what makes this band great? What makes this album great? 
All right. Well, um, the reason I like this band is because, uh, you know, they stick to very classic alternative rock kind of just straightforward pounding beats, you know, and really catch. They have catchy hooks, but not in a in a annoying pop kind of sense. You know what I mean? Um, so I definitely like that. Um, and I'm very drawn to them, especially because they're a traditional like four piece rock group, which, as you know, like that's what I like to play with uh, with my own band. So the i just i i dig the vibes man and i also what the reason i like this album so much is um it was their first album uh since their second album it was, i think there was about 3 years in between so they weren't really putting out music um and then when they put this album out i feel like with a second and third album for any band you're sort of part of you sort of wants them to change up the sound but you you've also heard some bands that you listen to the new album and it's way different than what you liked in the last albums. And so uh, Catfish and the Bottlemans remain super consistent. Um, and that's one thing I really like about it. You know, like Maroon 5, for example, you know, Songs About Jane was a great album. And then they went to pop bullshit. And uh, I don't like that. <laughs> you know, I agree with you, man. In fact, it's funny you bring up Songs About Jane. I I absolutely love that album and yeah. uh, we'll we'll defend that album to the death dude i i am a big maroon five fan when it comes to that record and i agree with you their newer stuff is uh is questionable so i i totally feel that um speaking to your point too it was interesting when i was uh kind of reading a little bit about this album and and i i saw that some of the critical reception of the album yeah. was mixed and and it was you know kind of like you said the praise was that it is very catchy it has cool hooks it is inventive in in uh its own ways and stuff but it's uh you know they were criticized for sort of sticking to the formula yeah. but i know their their singer uh mr van mccann was saying like you know he was kind of looking at a lot of bands in that same genre his contemporaries and thought they were being a little too artsy and he was like screw that i'm i'm gonna, oh, gonna yeah. stick to the formula yeah that's the other thing i i like about them like they have the formula it worked for them in the first album worked for them in the second album and like i don't i don't see a reason for them to stop sticking to it if it's still working you know and like the music is still it's still really good you know once once it gets to the point of every song sounds the same then that's a different story but they're still coming up with new shit still doing stuff that not a lot of people are doing. So I really like that. Right. And for just for the, the viewer's sake, who, ha who maybe haven't heard this album or haven't uh, given this band a listen, like who are some of their contemporaries? Like who do they kind of sound like? Who do they sort of uh, sit with? Yeah, well, um, definitely they resonate a lot um, with the strokes. They, they definitely cite the strokes as a big influence of theirs, as well as the killers. Um, I would say if you were to pick two uh, bands that if they were to mix, they sound like it would probably be a mix of the Killers and the Strokes because they're not, they're definitely a little more, I don't want to say poppy in the sense of pop music, but as more of what resonates with a bigger group than the Strokes, if that makes sense. But then they keep the rock from the Strokes and sort of take from the uh, popular appeal that the Killers have, if that makes any sense at all. That makes perfect sense. In fact, I was going to say, uh, mention the strokes is one of our buzzwords. <laughs> uh, I did not have the killers on there, though. That, and that is an apt comparison. I was actually trying to think of like, 
because they kind of have some little synthy lines in there and i feel yeah, like some of the vocal cool. delivery too i was trying to put my finger on it uh i have a couple bands on here i'm gonna try and get you to mention but uh i did not put the killers down and that's a perfect comparison i think you're well, absolutely right and well it's actually funny because in their like early interviews van mccann would always say oh we're just a knockoff of the killers and uh and it was all it was so funny and then i was doing some youtube digging one day I've watched it because I've seen all their live videos, all their interviews, and I was looking for new videos to watch. And there's actually a video where uh, the killers called up Van McCann to sing on stage with them at one of their shows or something. Um, and they sang uh, Read My Mind, I think it was, because um, he did a cover of that for like a version. And uh, and that was a cool that was a cool video. So he sang with them. That's yeah. insane. I didn't know that. What's uh, just for the viewers, what's like a version? Um, it's, uh, wait, that's what it's called, right? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that, um, it's that fucking, that one radio show where they have, uh, where they have artists come on and do covers of other artists songs. Yeah. What's the radio station called? Uh, Triple J. Mentioned Triple J. I had to answer it though. So like I knew. Yeah, exactly. Jack, you're you're a you're a, a freaking rock star, man. I, I I told you at the beginning I was gonna be baiting you into this. Like, yeah, just I'm gonna bait you in. Just go with it. It's more fun. And then and then you tell me, hey, by the way, I'm taking shots. You're a, a freaking rock star, man. I love that. All right, I just took the first one. I'm taking the second one now. Just right. so you know, too, I am uh, I'm swigging this tequila. Right along with you, I am. Uh, oh, yeah. I it used to be the concept is I would drink for everyone you didn't get, but then I'd have to wait till the end to drink. So I just I'm just oh, drinking along with you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, that's a, a beautiful intro, dude. Um, we've done some macro. Let's dive in a little bit. Uh, why don't you walk me through the album? Tell me. Your favorite track, favorite couple of tracks, anything notable you want to talk about there? Yeah, let me, uh, I'm a visual person. Let me just pull up uh, the uh, album list and, and look at all the tracks. I know 100% um, my favorite song is The Overlap. Or no, I think it's just called Overlap. Um, and it's the yeah. last song on the album. Fuck, dude, I can't even type right now. Uh, let me see. Yeah, so so um what was the question again? <laughs> uh, just just walk me through like pick your favorite track or talk about your favorite couple tracks. Just uh, let, let's dive in and talk about individual songs. Well, uh to start off, yeah, so Overlap is my favorite song and then you also got Mission and both of those are my probably top 2 favorite um because they do a, a time signature change in the uh in for part of the song, I think maybe it's both of them, but I think in one part of Mission, it goes from 4-4 four, four to 3-4, and it's, like, really cool. Um, and same with Overlap, although that one might go into 6-4. So I just love the different time changes, and I feel like you don't see that kind of musicianship a lot in today's music because they a lot of bands are probably not skilled enough that they could pull it off. And um, I actually I read an interview somewhere where he was talking about making those songs, and um, he, he Van McCann sort of wrote it off as like they were just fucking around and I'm like dude but like this shit sounds great you know and like they pulled it off really well um so those are probably my two favorite ones 
Um, and I think it's just, it's a really well-built album altogether. Like, I don't think any of the songs are bad, you know? Um, and it just flows really well. And uh, it's one of those albums that, like, you can listen through all the way through, you know, not have to put it on shuffle. You shouldn't put it on shuffle because the order makes so much of the album, if that makes sense. Yeah, I was going to say, I, we'll, we'll come back to that because I have a question about how kind of the best way to listen to the album. But I do want to stick on those two tracks you mentioned, because, yeah, I I, uh, I noticed on Mission, I have my notes here and there's a the change from 4-4 four, four to 3-4. But it sounds like they're also doing a tempo change, too, which is. Oh, yeah, is, definitely. 100%. Yeah. yeah, like that's that's hard in and of itself. Like, um, you know, that was cool. It's like, I'll, like, I'll be totally honest with you when I kind of read some of the criticism of the album and i was listening through it i was kind of like yeah, yeah i can kind of see what they're what they're saying oh, yeah, and it's no, a little I, bit but yeah. then i but then i hear a song like mission where they're changing time signatures and they're changing tempos or same thing overlap too i i wrote down yeah fun tempo change galloping chorus to a driving verse um uh you know it's like you hear stuff like that and it's it's kind of hard yeah. to take that criticism seriously you're no, like dude, wait a minute yeah. <laughs> And I, I didn't, I honestly didn't know about that criticism until I was doing some digger or deeper digging this week in preparation for this. Uh, and, and then I looked at its ratings on all these, uh, platforms that criticize music and I read it all. And I was like, you're a fucking simpleton. You don't know shit about music. Like, fuck you. But I mean, like, I see where it's coming from a hundred percent and I can see how that's a big thing for music critics, but it, it, like it works for them. And I don't, and I don't think necessarily critics should necessarily bash him for that. But at the same time, I know that Bam McCann doesn't give a fuck about what the critics got to say. So. Yeah, dude, that's amazing. I'll, I'll quote one of my uh, musical heroes, Jimmy Page of Zeppelin, when they put out Zeppelin three and the critics panned that album actually yeah. for the opposite reason. Cause they thought it, it they were pissed that it was no longer rock yeah. and roll. Uh, yeah. And Jimmy Page, simply said i don't think the critics understand what we're doing no yeah and they don't because i mean like to be a music critic you know you don't have to necessarily be a musician and i feel like if they were all musicians there might be a little deeper level to their uh you know their critiques of it but you know they still sold a bunch of albums so same with zeppelin you know so there you go exactly at the end of the day when you're uh if you're if you're selling the albums like who can criticize you you know yeah for real i feel that um let's talk about uh let's see because i picked a couple tracks here i had circled a couple that were really interesting to me um i circled intermission track number eight yeah yeah that one stood out to me because it uh it almost uh, kind of uh, contradicted Van's point about like, you know, he really wanted to yeah. stay away from the artsy kind of esoteric stuff that maybe some other of his contemporaries were going to. Uh, that one I thought was kind of the most artsy one on the album. It's got this, it sounds like it was recorded on a room mic or something and you can yeah. hear him clicking on and off effects pedals at the beginning and the end. But I thought it was nice. And I think yeah, calling yeah. it the intermission is like a perfect description. It's like, uh, uh, you know, here's all this kind of straightforward alternative rock. And then here we'll get artsy for less than two minutes, right? We'll get yeah. artsy for like a minute 45. 
I thought it was kind of cool. Do you have any thoughts on that song? Yeah, so actually, um, uh, Intermission was actually, so Intermission goes right into Mission, right? And so uh, I think, I'm I'm checking right now, but I'm pretty sure, and they, they have a lot of cool things like this, where all of their albums, I'm pretty sure, have 11 songs. Oh, wait, the first one may not, but I think they were trying to do 11 songs because that's what they had on the second album. Um, so they were trying to do 11 and they only, they had 10 and one of them suggested, let's make intermission, which was originally part of mission. Let's make it its own track. Um, and, uh, there's a part in it where, um, you hear like a little bit, what sounds like a kick drum. And I think I was listening to it on Apple music at the time, which had a lot of, there was a lot of sort of like footnotes on the music on Apple music. So on part of it, it said that um, that it was actually a Bluetooth speaker in the background that turned off, and that was the sound it made. And they were just like, "Fuck it, let's keep it in there." Like, who cares? And it and it yeah, I I agree. It's I think it's pretty artsy, and I think it's uh it's a nice intro into Mission. And because uh, on each of their albums, they have like a quieter song in the middle that they do, and I think that was a, a great way of sticking to that pattern. And I. I really like that song. Personally. It's a cool one. It was a standout for me. Gotta say, though, uh, mention a specific part of a drum kit. So kick drum is a buzzword. All righty. <laughs> oh, damn. I poured this one big. Okay. All right. Let's do this. Let's fucking do it. Bottoms up. Bottoms up, sir. Salute. I salute you, man. Oh, yeah, I'm feeling this shit. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm going to have to reload mine soon. I, I'm uh, I'm almost done. I'm, I'm like trying to drink along with you. I'm going to have to pour myself a strong one here in a, in a moment. I'll just finish this. But I'm already halfway through this little tequila bottle. It's a little, <laughs> a little tiny one. I thought it would be enough, but I'm halfway through it. But I'll put the cores when I run out. So Exactly. The silver bullet to uh, slow you down a little bit. Exactly. Liquor before beer, you're in the clear, man. Yeah, exactly, man. You already know the uh, you already know the story, man. Sorry. Uh, I've I've got to say, man, I, w- I want to go off on a tangent here because you and I have had some uh, drinking experiences together, haven't we? Oh yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do you want to give one little fun story? I, this uh, this wasn't prepared or anything, but you, oh, you yeah, tell no, one? prepared. I was planning on bringing this shit up. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that one time I was over at your house and you took a couple Polaroids of me doing something. Yes, doing something. (laughs) I remember this. Anyways, I got a ticket a couple months later. This was about a year ago. I was at a music festival in Orange County. I got a ticket uh, because I used my fake ID to get a beverage and I was sharing it with somebody who didn't have a drinking wristband. So some undercover cops pulled me to the side and arrested me, right? And then they mm. searched me and they found in my wallet, they found a little uh, empty baggie of, of you know, some powdered substance. And, uh, and I was like, you know, I gave them the spiel, that's not mine. I was going to throw it away. Never got around to it. And that's why it's in my wallet. They keep going through my wallet. They find the Polaroid of me doing <laughs> certain things. And they were like, are you sure this isn't yours? And I was like, oh, god damn it. <laughs> and I was like, god damn it, John. 
But yeah, no, a bunch of people. I've told that story to some people, couple people, and uh, and they're all they're all like, "Why was he taking Polaroids of you doing that?" And I was like, "Well, it was a cool fucking picture." And I don't think <laughs> why was he taking Polaroids. The question should be, why did I keep it in my wallet? Why did I keep it in my wallet? Well, I, the answer to that question, Jack, is the same as the answer to the first one, is that it's a cool fucking picture. It is, man. And <laughs> at the end of my little encounter with the cops, you know, I was a little drunk. They were letting me go back to the festival, so I wasn't too... I was like, okay, clearly they're not going to arrest me and take me to jail. But at the end of it, I was like, hey, uh, cop copper man uh you're gonna what you gonna do with that picture he's like oh i'm throwing it away and i was like (laughs) bro you're writing me a ticket and you're still gonna throw away this dope ass picture like i was pissed man all right man well uh (laughs) that's a beautiful story i remember when you first told me that story too i was like i'd forgotten that night that i I had even taken those pictures that night too And it came back to haunt me five months later. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, uh, talk about a run-in with the police and tell a drinking story are each buzzwords. You knew you'd have me on the police story. <laughs> there, I, I prepared. There's, yeah, what, yeah. Uh, one, there's one other on here that's a different story. I don't know if you'll tell it or not. but <laughs> Was it Togapalooza? Uh, I don't think no. This was this was a different show. This was a this was one where I drank two bottles of wine at the show. Oh wait, let's see if I. Is there a specific part of the story you need me to mention? Yeah, it was. I was playing bass for you at it was a house on DP, and I had finished a bottle of wine before I came, and then I brought the other bottle of wine. Oh no, I I remember I remember the I remember that it happened. I don't remember any specifics of that whole night other than the fact that I think I like sang happy birthday to somebody or some shit. But uh, that night was that night was crazy. So you may not get me on that buzzword because I don't remember specifics of that night. (laughs) Well, I I actually don't remember this either. It was my housemates who came and got me that relayed this story to me afterwards. So did I puke? Yep. Or you hit me up and you were like, bro, I woke up in my puke last night. Oh, yeah, that probably <laughs> happened. <laughs> yeah, there, there's another part. It's we'll get to it at the end. At the end, I'll reveal the buzzwords okay. to you. And we so viewers keep listening. You'll hear the end of this story um, <laughs> real quick. I'm going to go refill my drink, man. I, I need to pour myself a stronger one. Sounds good, man. <clears throat> So you've told me about a couple of your favorite tracks. Now it's the hard question. What is your least favorite track on the album? Why, yeah, yeah, man. Why you gotta make me? Let me first preface by saying I don't. I love all these songs equally, except Mission and Overlap. They're the only ones that rise a little bit above the other ones. If I were to say my least favorite, I would probably have to say To All or Conversation. Um, but no, 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 I'm gonna go with two all because conversation has some, you know, it's got some, it's got a lot of deeper meaning to it. I feel like more than the other songs do, but some of it dynamically, I would do differently if I was the one making it. 
Um, and it's the same with to all, although I don't necessarily resonate with the message of it as much. Um, it's basically a song about, um, them giving their love to everybody that supported them and all that shit, which I definitely resonate with. Whereas conversation, I feel like goes a little deeper into like personal relationships and shit. Um, so if I were to pick one, it would be to all, but I tell you what, you listen to any of these songs live. And your life is going to be changed. Whether you take shrooms before or not, doesn't matter. Your life will be changed. I feel it, dude. In fact, it's funny you bring that up because to all my my notes, I noted that it did have a very emotional kind of delivery to it. And I think it's the first track with a guitar solo uh, on there too, which is sick. And then uh, conversation I actually noted here I because I, I could hear some like 60 cycle hum from the guitars I thought it sounded very live almost yeah um, no well, and that I mean that's that's also another reason why I like them in general is because I think it goes back to like more classic rock roots of when they used to record their music fully live you know where mm-hmm. when you listen to these songs it still has that raw feeling of it's live, you know, and maybe on some of them they have a little synth pad going on or whatever, but it's still very live. And then when you listen to it live, you hear that they're just as tight as they are on the on the album, you know, and um, uh, and that's another reason why I love them is they're because you want a band to be a certain certain level of you want their recordings to be good, but everybody still wants the live shit to be better. You know, you want when you see them live, you already know what the recording sounds like. You want it to be better live. And and Catfish in the Bottleman delivers that, you know. That's awesome, dude. I got to stop you real quick and say describe a sound as raw is one of the buzzwords. But <laughs> I knew I knew one of the buzzwords from the last one was referred to an album released after the 90s as a record. So I made sure not to say record, but you still got me. Yeah. Raw, I've I've had the raw one. I've kind of alternated between raw and clean, depending on who the artist is, but uh you got yeah. raw. Um but to your to your point, man, I, I 100 percent agree with you. My ideology of, of live versus studio is exactly the same. I so I totally feel that. I've always thought it was insanely cool to hear a band do a song live and you know, maybe they have to change it up a little bit from the studio version to make it uh, effective live. But it's like, I I love a band that could really hang their hat on the live performance. Like that is so cool to me. Yeah. And that, and that, that, that music festival I went to where I got arrested, um, Catfish and the Bottlemen were playing. And that's the reason I was at the music festival. And uh, one of my friends from Santa Barbara, I, I got a bunch of free tickets Long story short, I was like playing at a at a festival where they were giving away free tickets because they hadn't sold out for that festival. So I got a bunch of free tickets. One of my friends from Santa Barbara came down. I had been, as I'm sure I've done to you as well, I had been talking up Catfish in the Bottlemen for fucking years on this guy, and I got him a free ticket to the festival. He comes down. We didn't even see each other at the festival. There were so many fucking people, but he texted me during their set and he was like, yo, these guys are tight as pussy. Like, I like and <laughs> And that's that's not my words. Those were his words. But I was like, yeah, bro, I've been telling you for years. These guys live, they're, they're, it, there's honestly so much just like subtle shit that like I feel like you need to really 
dive into their music to notice the difference from their live to their album but it's that subtle shit that really makes a huge difference you know if a drum the drummer does a fill at one spot that isn't on the record and you're like dude that is fucking it's great you know but you wouldn't necessarily put it on a recording you know what i mean yeah i feel that i feel that 100 percent, dude um so let me bring this back because we kind of touched on it earlier um how should someone listen to this album for the first time 100 percent, all the way through if um so basically i i thought it was interesting the way they released their singles off of this album they did um so long shot which is the first one on the album and they they released i think it was four singles so but it ended up being the first four songs off the album which i think is really interesting because a lot of bands they do songs you know off of different parts of the album um but their first four singles were the first four songs and then they released the album so when i when the album came out i'd already heard the first four so i would always skip through them and then just listen from five on to eleven but um if you haven't heard any of their singles i would 100 percent suggest listening to it from the first song all the way through i feel that dude that's that's how i listen to the album uh too to kind of get get uh studied up on it and i i totally feel that especially kind of like how you mentioned they do intermission into mission like if you heard those songs out of order it exactly yeah might not quite make sense yeah it's so i i totally feel that and and uh overlap as well i think was an excellent uh final track it, it was cool how they started with the really uh raw intro and and kind of that uh funky room sound and then they get some tempo Wait, changes and, yeah the 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 thing i mentioned earlier about the bluetooth speaker is actually not an intermission it's an overlap right at the beginning right before the singing starts you hear a don't 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 if that makes sense. and that's what the bluetooth speaker was i'm sorry you got me drunk and i got them mixed up but but yeah no and and here's a, a cool note another thing of consistency that they've stuck with on all of their albums on the last song um, of every album, what they do is they have it cut off. I don't know if you noticed the weird cut off at the end. Yeah, yeah. So he does that on every on every last song because he wants it to sound like it was a record, and like right at the last second, somebody lifted up the thing and it cut off. And so he did that on the first album. Then he just did it on the second. Then he did it on the third. And when you hear the, um, I think it was their first album. The last song is Tyrants um when you hear that one live they do like an extended outro and that's another thing of like obviously when you're hearing it live you don't want them to end how it does on the album because it ends really suddenly so they do like an extended outro and it's like something you've never heard before when you hear it for the first time and it's like oh my god this is amazing you know that's so cool dude uh i'm gonna tell you use an onomatopoeia is one of the buzzwords so dun 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 for the bluetooth speaker (laughs) Bro, yeah. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a throw a flag here. You're at uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That was my question. That was my question. <laughs> how many buzzwords did I hit? Well, dude, I'm de- I'm I'm definitely drunk, but I'm determined to finish this bottle because there's only a little bit left. Let's do it, man. I yeah, how about yeah. this? I will I'll give you my word as the host of this podcast that uh, I will make you finish that bottle. 
Beautiful. <laughs> Even if I don't finish it while we're on the on the podcast, I'll finish it afterwards. There you go. Well, I'll say the thing is, my last guest, Chris Sharma, who got all twenty. The the way he got all twenty is he told me he was like, John, I am getting all twenty of these. He's like, <laughs> I'm gonna. Hit so at the end, he still had like I don't know a half dozen left, and he was like how do I hit the last half dozen? And I just like led him through it. Like we, we made it happen. I want to tell one story that hits them all. Yeah. That we'll make it happen. The ultimate goal. We'll make it happen, dude. Whatever, whatever you need, we can make it happen at fans, beers and buzzwords. <laughs> Wait, so how many have I hit already? Nine. You said you are currently at nine. Yeah. Sounds good. So, <laughs> all right let me pull up another question for you here Sounds i think you've good. you've uh described that for me when did you hear this album for the first time the motherfucking day it came out homie let me uh let me see when it came out specifically and i will have the exact date for you um april 26 2019 yep i listened i i've been a fan of them already for a couple years at that point. And so, you know, I was following them on Spotify, watching them on Instagram. Every time they put out a new single, I was like, okay, when's the fucking album come in? And once the album came out, I think my brother who's here with me right now, I think I literally called him when it came out or you called me. Yeah. Yeah. You called me. So he called me when it came out. Cause I was like, Oh, it's coming out at, um, whatever time it was going to come out, but they're a UK based band. So it was going to come out at a different time here. So it came out a day early than I thought. And I just immediately put it on and listened to the whole thing. I've been there, man. I've 100% feel. In fact, there was an album that came out in 2019 for me where I did the exact same thing where I was super on top of the singles. And then the oh, album yeah. came out. Uh, that would have been Chan. Chan's eponymous oh, album. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. I still go back to that album. Um, that's a wonderful story though, dude. I got to ask you this because I think you've already answered it, but uh, would you listen to this album on drugs? Oh, I already have. 100%. Yeah. Any drug you could imagine, I've probably listened to this album on. The other day, uh, well, I hope my mom's not listening to this podcast, but we're 40 minutes in, so I don't think she could get that far. But I was on acid the other day, um, and I 100% listened to this whole album on it because, and that's that's when I that's immediately when I messaged you and was like, I gotta go with my because like, I feel like a lot of people who know me know I'm a fucking, I'll 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 fucking die for catfish and bottlemen. Everybody knows that, you know. And I was like, so I don't want to do a catfish in the bottom and I want to do something that's different. But then I was tripping and then I was listening to it and I was like, fuck it. I got to do this. And boy, do I hope my mom's not listening to the podcast. I feel that, dude. I've I've uh, I've revealed some secrets about myself while hosting this podcast. And I've also had some <laughs> guests who express some pretty... Uh, <laughs> I guess to the mainstream, it would be radical political opinions on here. Yeah, and I let him go. I, I let him fucking do it. I never voice, regardless of what I think of it, I let him fucking go. So I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel that. I don't give a fuck. I just said it. So you put it in the podcast. She's got a problem. She's got my number. She can yeah, hey, me. and here's the thing. 
Again, I should give this disclaimer more often. This whole podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Uh, all the things expressed here are are satire and parody. Uh, yeah, exactly. All, yeah, this is this is for entertainment purposes only. So the drugs we're referencing were never actually done. No, it, any the only activities here have been legal ones. Any illegal activities referenced? Yeah, I'm 21. Uh, I I can drink all I want. You know exactly. My exactly. mom knows I drink a lot. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, let's do this, man. Are you, uh, let, let's get some, is there anything else you want to say about the album? Cause I'm about ready to move on to the trivia, but I want to give you a little open space here to say, if there's anything you want to say about the album, any cool trivia facts, whatever, I want you to say that now. Um, I can't necessarily think of a, I, I mean, it's just, it's just overall a great fucking rock album. And I think it's just become so so sparse these days of these kinds of albums coming along and uh I think a lot of albums are built off of the singles where they release the singles and then by the time the album comes out you listen to the album and you're like this album is shit the singles are better and that makes sense why they were released as singles whereas this album you listen to it the singles are great and I feel like the singles in this case sort of serve as a teaser for the whole album. Then you listen to the album and then it's amazing. And then and then you're turned on to Catfish and the Bottleman, you know? And I feel like that's just rare these days and that's why I commend these guys and what they're fucking doing and I uh you know, I wanna I wanna do the same kind of shit. I feel it, dude. I was gonna say, man, I like when I heard this uh album for the first time, I could I could see the Jack McCain you know, Jack McCain musician (laughs) in, in this album. I I could definitely see it. Um, I was going to say too, another uh, connection I made is, uh, is your uh, uh, number one guitar choice based on Van McCann at all? Yep. hundred percent about, I think this is um, the second house I lived in, in Santa Barbara. I was on DP six, five DP. And I was, super into catfish in the bottom in um and um i was basically trying to buy a new guitar and i was like what the fuck does the lead singer of catfish in the bottom use and he uses a jim root telecaster so i said fuck it i'm gonna order the same guitar and i'm gonna fucking use it and i actually have it right here next to me and it is the greatest it's a fucking great guitar and and uh because i read in an interview somewhere where he talked about his guitar and he was like um this was in their like earlier days. Um, and so he, cause he uses a, a fender. He uses still a Telecaster body, but it's like a better one with like humbuckers and everything. But the one he originally used was this one. And, uh, so I was like, well, he, it sounds great for him. Little did I know I get it. And it's also great for fucking shredding too. Cause it has the, uh, it has what the fuck the round MGs. Yeah, it has the EMGs. It also has the rounded, um, like where the neck meets the body. It's rounded. Oh, it has the contoured neck heel. Yeah, contoured neck. Oh shit! Okay. So it has that. that. Great for shredding. Which the lead guitarist or the the lead singer just does rhythm. So when I got it and I found out it's good for leads too, which is what I do, you know. And I was just like, this is a great guitar, and I I fucking love it. That's awesome, dude. Well, name a specific model of guitar is one of the buzzwords. I, I figured. 
But hey, no, to your point, that is an amazing guitar. I don't know if you've ever seen uh, the video. Fender did a video of Jim Root kind yeah, of demoing yeah. the Jim Root yeah, yeah. telly. Have you seen that video? I feel like and it have a long time ago. Yeah. It, it, well, what blew me away is I, I watched it because Jim Jim Root is uh, the guitar player or one of the guitar players from Slipknot. Yeah. Right? Okay. Uh-huh. Slipknot. Fucking Slipknot. Uh, and the video opens. It, it's like this cold open with the, just the Fender logo. Like you can't see anything. It's just like the Fender logo or whatever. Some little yeah. text or something. And you hear like, but like a jazz uh, vamping, right? Yeah. Like somebody is doing some clean electric jazz vamping. It sounds like George Benson or something. Mm-hmm. And the text disappears. And here's Jim Root with the Jim Root signature Slipknot Telecaster, completely clean, doing a little yeah. jazz vamp. And I'm like, all right, right off the bat, I fucking love this guy. I was like, you know, because yeah. I never, I, I don't listen to Slipknot. I don't, Neither you know, do whatever. I. Nobody did. No. <laughs> no. Uh, but then here's Jim Root just sending this like George Benson, uh, like like jazz line. And I was like, this is so yeah. cool. Like, oh well, this, man, it was, it was far, it can It can do clean really well. And it can do dirty even better. And and that, And that's what I love in a fucking guitar. And Number one thing I was going to say is you did an automatopoeia, whatever the fuck it's called. So I'm going to make you drink right now because you get it yourself. So you have to do it. Second thing was, um, so I wanted to bring up, well, with the Jim Root, like I got the Squire version, which is what Van McCann also used, which was like $500, which is already more than a normal Squire. And mm-hmm. then, and then the normal version of the guitar was like fifteen hundred, and I was like, "Well, screw that, bro! I'm gonna buy the five hundred dollar version. I'm gonna do a setup to this thing to make it play just as yep. good as the fifteen hundred dollar version." And yep. and that's all it fucking takes, you know. And uh, and and people have le- legitimately people have given me shit for playing a Squire before they hear me play it. They're like, "Oh, that's a Squire," and then they're laughing my face. Then I play a fucking show and they're like, oh shit, he can do that on the Squire? And I'm like, yeah, motherfucker, because I know how to fucking set up a guitar, you know? Yeah, and, and- dude, to, to your point, man, I, I am right there with you, brother. Yeah. I, I have not bought a new guitar in so long. You know me, you know I build my guitars oh, yeah, and shit. Yeah. And the vast majority of the shit I use is made overseas. Like I that orange guitar that I used in Savage Henry, yeah. that is a Squire Affinity body. Uh, that I then went and wired and put nice pickup. Like, dude, there is absolutely nothing wrong, especially if you go off the shelf and buy one of the nicer Squires in that $500 range. If it's a, like, I think the Jay Mascus Squire is also, you know, he has a Squire model, the yeah. Jazz Master, and then there's uh, like the Squire Classic Vibes. So if you get the slightly nicer Squire, there's absolutely nothing wrong with well, that guitar. And I'm glad yeah, you brought 100%. up, take the money you save and put it into a setup. Exactly. Bro. Maybe buy some new pickups if you really have a problem with the pickups, but like everything else you can do by hand. And that also like when I, before I went on tour with the Strayways, my mom had given me a $300 gift card for a guitar center, right? I spent maybe a hundred, $150 on stuff I needed for the tour. Then I had $150 left. I asked the guy at Guitar Center, hey, can I redeem this for cash? He said, no way. I said, fine, I'm going to fucking buy a guitar. I bought a $150 uh, uh, Squire Strat, 
and fucking um, Iggy from uh, Cadillac or Glitterfish, whichever you are more familiar with. But Iggy mm-hmm. had an extra bridge. I was like, yo, let me cop that bridge. He let me get the bridge. I tossed it on there. I did a simple setup. This thing plays like at least a $600 guitar, and I got it for 150 bucks. Like, you really, like, got to look at, you know, at these uh, at these Squires, because if you know what you're doing, you buy a Squire for 150 bucks. If you wanted to resell it, you could fix it up and sell it for probably another five hundred bucks, you know? And so easily. They're they're underrated for sure. They are. They're they super are. And it's like if you're a, a real musician and a real gearhead, like you'll understand how you can take that guitar and, and it really does have solid bones exactly. to it. And uh and even if you don't do any upgrades, man, I, I have a buddy um, of mine who does like electronic music. Shout out Van Iris, actually. He remixed one of my songs on the latest Delta yeah. Dagger record, Van Iris. My buddy Van Iris, he was hitting me up like, bro, I, I want to like buy a new guitar, but I don't want to spend a ton of money. And I told him, bro, check out the uh, Squire uh, classic vibe series. Like uh, what it's the classic vibe. And then they have the, there's another one, vintage modified series. I was like, check out the squires. Like you'll be stoked. And he wound up with a telly. And I was playing it the other day and I was like, this shit's fucking good, man. Like I, I have no problem with this telly. I I would take this. Like if I was getting up on stage with my guitar that I made myself and right before I got up there, you fucking snatched it out of my hand and handed me the classic vibe telly and said, yeah, yeah. You're playing this tonight, I'd fucking get up there and shred it, man. 100%. You would too. You understand. You know oh, the yeah. you know the fucking deal. You, you know how many how many random guitars I've played for shows, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to brag, man. I played a show back in San Luis Obispo. I was racing up to the show after work and yeah. I was talking to Robert Sandless of uh of spurts music they were playing with us and i'm like fuck man i got off work late i'm cruising up there he's like bro don't even stop for your shit just get here you can use my shit and so instead of playing my strat with the floating tremolo and my quilter amp and my pedals and shit i was on robert's hollow body uh gretch with the fender deluxe a totally different setup but I fucking sent it, man. And everybody oh, yeah. was like, oh, uh, hey, man, like your tone was pretty good. Like, what were you using? I'm like, I don't know what I was using, man. Yeah, I used what was work. handed to me when I fucking got it. Like, <laughs> come on. <dude. laughs> you got you got 10 fingers and six strings. <laughs> like, you don't need all your pedals. Like, there's your fucking effects right there. There's your fingers oh, yeah. and the fucking guitar. You fucking play your goddamn guitar. 100%. You're a guitar player, aren't you? Play your fucking guitar. That's, I don't know. Rant over, rant over. No, I feel that, bro. I feel that. Which, to tie it back into the album, there's a part of... I honestly... It was a, another one of those Apple Music uh, little thing, little like fun facts they had. But on one of the songs, and I can't remember which it was, they kept a sound in there where it was actually one of their lead guitar's pedals like actually like breaking, where it like whenever i think it was like a gain or a lead pedal or something but they had it go or he had him put it on and uh and it like totally made a sound that was it like breaking and they kept it in the album which i i I think is really cool because a lot of those sounds like a lot of people would take them out of albums but like it gives it a really cool you know live vibe to the song you know and uh but that because that kind of shit when when you're listening to it 
if it's in the right context, it can sound really good, you know? That's absolutely right, man. But, I agree with that 100%. Um, let's do this, dude. Let's jump into the trivia section. Alrighty. Oh, shit. Okay. I'm prepared, I think. It's time for trivia. You've answered a couple of these already, but uh, <laughs> let's jump in. Question number one. What year did the album come out? 2019. That's right. I won't even open any other tabs on my computer right now. I'll X out of them right now. I ain't cheating. Dude, you had it down to the day and you even were talking about the time. I had the day because I looked it up, but. Well, that's that's all right because they're they're GMT they're at GMT zero and we're GMT minus eight. You were talking about that shit like it came out a day before. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, question number two, a little bit harder. What was the band's original name? <gasps> no fuck, I know this answer, <laughs> but I don't know it currently. But I have definitely yeah. No, I'm gonna have to. Do I have to drink for that? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll drink for it. But um. I totally, um, because they were, before their first album even got picked up or released or anything, they were a whole nother band. And I I, I know they had a, a different name before that. And then the original, um, once they became Catfish and the Bottleman, the original lead guitarist left. They found Johnny Bond. But, um, but yeah, no, I cannot recall their original name. But if you could tell me, that would be beautiful. Yes, sir. Their original name was The Prestige. Yep, that sounds... Oh, fuck. That sounds familiar. I just took my shot. Hell yeah. How many shots am I at? Uh, That, I believe, would be 11. All right, I think we only got two or three more shots left of this bottle, so let's make it happen. We can make it happen, man. I think, I think I'll get at least one more for you on these trivia here. Next question, question number three. Okay. Who was the original guitar player? Oh, fuck, man. I, I know all the fucking band members. That guy, I don't know. You mentioned the new guy. You mentioned the replacement. Yeah, that's Johnny Bond. The first guy doesn't even fucking matter. No offense if he ends up listening to this, but you dipped out of a band that was going to reach greatness. And you dipped out of it. Um, he, I'll take a shot, but he doesn't fucking matter. I watched so many. I watched a bunch. They had some um, live lounge uh, performances with that guy, and like he wasn't a bad guitarist. But when you watch the videos, man, you could sort of tell he wasn't into it. And he just same with the new guitarist. Like he's not a super lively um, uh, personality on stage, but like. He is a lot more into it, you know, and he actually is way better than the first guitarist. But the first guitarist, man, he didn't he didn't fit the vibe, man. I, I think he just didn't pass the vibe check. Maybe they kicked him out for that. But yeah, it's funny. Part of the uh, kind of reading, I didn't do a ton of reading on it, but the little bit I did see was he, he sort of like dipped out of the band like very suddenly and Um, and and they were already doing like bbc live lounge performances and he still dipped out like sorry but if i'm playing guitar for a band that's already on bbc live lounge i'm not fucking leaving that band you know 
And and I know they were with him from a very early start. He was their first guitarist and all that stuff. And I think from the stuff that I read, he ended up leaving because he just like didn't necessarily think it was going to go anywhere. But you're a fucking dumbass. Like he's a fucking dumbass because like it is what it is and I will drink. But what was his name? That guitar player was Billy Bibby. Of course Billy Yeah. Of course Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's almost 420, man. Oh, shit. Well, uh, what do we do when it hits 420? I've never done this on a podcast. It's never been 420 during my podcast before. We have to do something. Bong rip? Bong rip. I'm not prepared for it. I don't have, I don't have any... It's going to take me more than 60 seconds to get that ready. Um, well, just ceremonial 420 bong rip after you're done. After yeah, exactly. It'll be an IOU type thing. <laughs> All right, next question. Number four. What city did most of the band grow up in? Land dead no whales. Brother! Yeah. Trust <laughs> me, I got that shit on lock, bro. Okay, so here's the thing. That one was a uh, catch twenty two yeah, no, because one of the buzzwords is name a city. city. <laughs> two of them are from name a city in the UK. Yeah. So <laughs> wait, did I get it right enough to not drink? Uh, well, you got it right, but one of the buzzwords is name a city in the UK. So uh, the fact that you got it right you means you got to drink. <laughs> this is my last shot, bro. This is my last shot. I'm gonna have to crack open a course after this, and I don't think you even well, realize how much of a punishment it is to make me crack open a course, even after I've downed this whole fucking. <laughs> I know, man. I know it's tough. You can just sip on it. You can just you, what is, you can take what is, little. You can just take little sips. Oh, no, you have done more than enough. I'll drink man. as much as whatever, but. What is what is the smallest bottle of alcohol called? Like one of those pocket shots? No, it's not a pocket shot. It's like the seventeen. You're talking larger than that. Meter. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's in between. A, it's the one that's smaller than a fifth. I know what you're talking it's about. Smaller than a fifth. Yeah. Yeah, Wait. it's like a little. It almost looks like a little flask. No. Like some of them are kind of shaped like a little flask. It's a like little it's kind bigger of a, than a flask. It might be a fifth. Okay. How many how many milliliters does it say on the front? Seven fifty. Oh no! If that's a fifth, then it's half. It's three seventy five. Okay, that's half a fifth. Okay, so that's a, that's a tenth. It's a tenth. But I, it's a tenth. But I drink it all. Let the record show. <laughs> and depending on how much food you ate, it could be more like an eighth or oh, something. Oh, I specifically ate greasy food before this, but I so maybe it's more like a twelve. I, I well, I did that to make sure that I wouldn't be like dying right now, but I'm still definitely very drunk. Me too, dude. I, I, uh, I don't think I'm as drunk as you, but I, I've been trying real hard to keep up, brother. I, I went and refilled my, my shit here. Uh, I polished off a little, uh, probably about a fifth of, actually it was probably a little 375 of rum that I found in the cabinet. Tequila. Um, let's do our last question. All right. Uh, what is Van McCann's real name? Ryan Evan McCann. Bruh, 
I didn't even have his middle name written down, bro. It Ryan Evans. Matter, man. I would die for that guy. Bro, I, dude, I I'm, I'm going to take a shot because you included the middle name. I hugged him before. I've hugged him. My brother, Was it a good hug? My brother's a witness. And I got Was it a good Oh, hug? it was a good hug. And he said, how's it going, mate? And I was like, <laughs> it's going a lot better now, buddy. <laughs> I also got on stage with him the first time I saw him. No shit. Yeah, it's on YouTube. I don't like to talk about it because it's... What? It's sort of... Been, it's on YouTube? It's on YouTube. You can find it if you look. Oh, you got to send me the link, man. We'll include it in the video description uh, or the podcast description. I guess I could send the link, but I, I, it's it's painful for me to watch. Hey, it that you're the first guest that I've ever had who has actually been, uh, you know, photographed or put on tape with the band that they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> basically, wow. the first show that I saw them live in San Diego at the House of Blues, I tweeted them. I said, let me get on stage with you and play guitar with you. So I show up to the show. I get front stage and, uh, or front, front, Whatever the fuck it's called. I got whatever. It doesn't matter. I had a sign that said, let me play guitar with you. Right? So in the middle of one of his songs off of the first album, he calls me up. He says, if you want to play guitar, just come play with me. So the security guard in the front boosts me up onto the stage. And I hadn't drank anything that night because I wanted to be sober for my chance to play guitar with them. Right? So I get up there. Backstage security didn't know that he had called me up, so they tore me off the stage, tried to get me kicked out. I said, fuck you. I said, he called me up, and they didn't believe me. They thought I was just fucked up, but I was just hyped on adrenaline, bro. And uh, and they, they put me back in my spot in front row, and uh, I didn't get to play with them, but I was up, I was up on stage with them for a little second there. But... It's on YouTube, but I went home and cried myself to sleep that night. 100%. 100%. But yeah, it was a fun, it was a decent time. Then the next time I saw them alive at the same place a year later, I had a sign that said let me play guitar with you again. Security guard in the front made me put it down because I was blocking people's views. I was like, well, if they wanted a good view, they should have gotten here four hours earlier. Like, fuck you. I've been waiting this whole fucking time. But it's on YouTube. It's there. I can't watch it again. <laughs> I, it's, it's painful for me. Like, I got a, I was on stage with them, and, and he wanted me to play guitar with them. And I didn't know what to do because he was holding his guitar. So, like, what was I supposed to do? Grab the guitar off him? Like so. Yeah, that's that's confusing. I would expect him to like have a guitar there for well, you. Or, the or, I don't yeah, know. when the backstage guys started grabbing me off the stage, I thought they were about to give me a guitar. But because he wasn't taking his off and they called me up in the middle of a song, so like obviously they can't stop the song. I was really hoping they would just call me up in between songs, give me a guitar. And let me fucking play with them, cause then they, then it would have been a record deal. I'd be famous by now, bro. That's the shit. That's the shit. 
Dude, that's that's gnarly. I, I think you need to tweet at them again and be like, hey, rectify this it's situation. Too late, man. Man. It's too late. It was Larry. It was Larry. Larry's their uh their... guitar tech. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm surprised you know that. Larry is their guitar tech, but also their best buddy from when they were like growing up. And it was literally it was Larry who took me off stage and I was shouting at him. I was like, yo, Larry, bro. He called me up, man. And I knew his fucking name, like, and he probably just thought I was some crazy fan who fucking rushed the stage. And I was like, you bastard. <laughs> well, hopefully the guys from the band, be it Larry or Van or other guys, not Billy, or Bobby. but maybe Bondi. Uh, if you if you can hear this, maybe you can help out Jack. Here. Bob Hall is the um, drummer now. There's no there's no Bobby in the band anymore. Bob Hall's the drummer. Uh Johnny is the guitarist and 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 uh what's the bassist? What's his name? Benji. Yeah, Benji Blakeway. That's the bassist. Yeah. That's a British as fuck. It really name. is. They got the best names, man. And I think that's I think that's what I'm missing. I think that's what I'm missing. I'm missing that good British name. Yeah. Jack McCain is uh like slightly British, but it's a little too American, you know. I think it's it's Jack McCain kind of reminds me of like Van McCann a little gotta, bit. It's like got a similar like I got to either switch my last name or switch my first name, but one of them's got to go. Yeah, it's it's uh like if one of them was a little more British, you could be like uh like Jack what's like a like British Jack McAvoy. Yeah. Yeah, that's very, very UK. Yeah, no, for real. All right. (laughs) Let's do this. We're going to jump into the uh, rapid fire questions here. Oh, shit. Okay. Here we go. Uh, These are the, the, uh, they're kind of silly. You just say whatever comes to mind. Okay. What were they smoking slash drinking? When they made this album, uh, I know they were drinking a lot. Um, so basically, for the making of this album, they lived in a live-in studio, and um, so they were living in the studio where they were making the music. Which I, which personally is a big goal of myself. I think that would be really dope for me to do myself if I had the money. Um, but basically, they would record, and they I read something where there was a pub like across the street that they would go to. They would drink at the pub. They would play their recordings over the pub speakers and see how people received it, how they received it themselves. But basically, they were drinking, and they were drinking alcohol and beer, probably. I can only assume. So beer, probably a lot of beer. I know they smoke weed, 100%. I know they smoke weed. So it was, they were probably crossfaded, you know, just a simple crossfade. Yeah, I feel it, dude. Um interesting point that they would play it over the like uh bar speakers yeah. when i when i mix my music like i mix it on my like nice monitors and shit but like before i fucking do anything else i always uh you know bounce the files yeah. and and listen to it in my car on my like shitty well, car yeah speakers. and and um i think the yeah. sort of the the pub sort of acted as the same medium you know and uh they would see how people reacted to it more than even the sound quality. They'd see how people reacted to it and see what 
what the kind of vibe was. And it was a small ass pub that nobody really gave a shit who they were, you know, and uh, they would have them play it. And I, th- I think that's pretty cool, you know. Yeah, that's super cool. I mean, that's that's cool for the people in the pub. Oh, exactly. Too, yeah. to you know how much of my fucking body I would give to be one of those people in the club? I, I would give my left nut to be one of those people in the club, you know? Or in the little pub where they get to listen to it first. Yeah. But. yeah. Next question. If this album were a beer, what kind of beer would it be? Um, Olympia. Olympia beer. What is that? Beer from Washington, which I have drank on many occasions on my tours up to there. My dad really likes that beer. And I feel like this music is very fitting to when my dad grew up. Like if this music came out in the 60s and 70s, I feel like it would be a big hit. And if somebody from the 60s and 70s really likes Olympia beer, which I then tasted and also like it, I feel like it works, you know? I don't know if that makes any sense. If, if it didn't make yeah. sense, then it would definitely have to be a whiskey kind of album. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. If, if I think it makes beer, sense either way. It would be Olympia. Olympia beer. I dig it, dude. It's sentimental. Next question. Would you get intimate to this? I already have. Multiple times. 100%. (laughs) I've had... uh, I I don't want to reveal too much, but this album has been played in the backgrounds of many occasions. Many, many occasions. This album, I've just been like... If I don't know what to put on in a situation like that, I put on this album. Fuck yeah, dude. I like that, man. That's that's putting your money where your mouth 100%, is. 100%, man. If you can't fuck to this album, get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. That's fucking right, man. Next question. Are numbers created or discovered? Damn. That's deep. Hold up. Are numbers created? Depends how high of a number you're talking about. Speak on it. If you're talking about a really high number, then I feel like they're discovered. Whereas if you're talking on a really on a lower number, they're already have been created, you know? Like the number one trillion five hundred six million seven hundred sixty thousand four hundred sixty nine. That number has already been created, right? Hasn't been discovered. If you go over I think I skipped a billion in that number though. But if you go over, numbers are created. Let's just settle it at that. Numbers have already been created. Nobody, you can't go higher than a number that's already been said before. Therefore, it's already been created. So, wait. Like it's I like it's like it to like d- d- yeah. I I think it's like what I'm trying to say is like like the humans invent numbers or are numbers like inherent to nature uh, numbers are and defi- like waiting numbers are definitely a social construct so humans definitely invented numbers um there yeah um there's definitely a human construct behind numbers so if that's what you mean then yes numbers were created 
Dude, I'm really drunk. I've been even uh, since the last time you made me drink. I opened up a beer, so I've been I've been drinking more. <laughs> yeah, I intentionally saved that question uh, for the very end, pretty much because because it's, uh, it's hard to answer when you're drunk. <laughs> exactly, man. And it's interesting because I've had um, I've had like STEM majors on this program, and it's funny. I've had two different STEM majors, and one of them is like. Dude, ridiculous question. Numbers are 100% discovered. They're inherent to nature. Let me explain why. And then like two episodes later, I had another STEM major where he was like, obviously numbers are created by humans. Of course, numbers are not. Like it, it's they're so created, fun. Like, they're created, bro. I feel it. I, well, I, feel I think it. what's it's, created is when it goes past beyond the knowledge of what we already have of numbers, right? Where obviously right. I don't think two is two was created. You know, one plus one equals two was created years ago. But now it's an inherent fact that one plus one equals two. So I don't think it's created at that point. It you like it originated from creation. It all originates from creation, from human creation, because numbers weren't a thing until we decided to give value to numbers, you know? So I think if you're to yeah. talk about the origins, yes, they were created. But if you talk about new numbers, you know, like 3.4566 to the power of E to the power of, you know, 64, you know, that's a created number that nobody necessarily knows the value of it until you compute what the actual value of that number is. Whereas simple numbers beforehand were definitely 100% created. That's an interesting take. I dig it, though, because it's very much like uh, we have to discover uh, like new prime numbers. Like that is something that we do not currently know and we are trying to discover. Uh, but like we're using the created kind of like Arabic numerals and symbols and mathematics sort of processes that were created by humans. That's a really interesting take because I feel like previously people have been like, you know, in terms of the created shit, people are like, oh, yeah, like simple numbers are inherent. Like, you know, even an animal can understand like two buffalo or something. But then we invented bigger numbers. But yeah, it, you're you're almost right. It's almost the opposite. You're almost it's almost the opposite. It's like we almost invented the concept of like small numbers. And then we have to then from that creation discover a new prime number or like we yeah that's a that's a really interesting than i even imagine it would go but yeah you're right i dig it man i have one more question for you does a man with one lung get more high or less high off of one more high 100 percent the guy is inhaling the same amount of smoke that would normally get you high if you had two lungs so if you had one lung, it gets you twice as high, 100%. I dig 100%. it, bro. I fucking like that. I like that. You take the same rip as that guy. If you got two lungs, you're getting half as high as that guy is. I feel it. I feel it. Well, dude, that wraps it up on my end, man. That is all my questions for you. Um, do you have any parting uh, words for us before I reveal the buzzwords oh, to you? Well, my only parting words were for you to reveal the buzzwords to me, but 
Um, parting words. Um, check out my new EP on Spotify. That's it. That's all I got. I dig it. Jack McCain on Spotify. Jack McCain Music on Instagram. Check him out. All right. You ready for the buzzwords? Yeah, yeah. Let me hear them. This week's buzzwords. Uh, Mention the Arctic monkeys you did not get. Uh, Use an onomatopoeia you got. Talk about your middle school music taste you did not get. Mention the strokes you got. Talk about a run-in with the police you got. Mention a band you used to be in you got. Uh, Refer to an album made post-1990 as a record. You were smart. You heard that one before. You do not get it. Uh, Use the phrase ahead of its time you did not get. Recite lyrics you did not get. Name a specific type of guitar you got. Mention the Beatles you did not get. Say the word drink you got. Mention a part of a drum kit you got. Tell a drinking story you got. And describe a sound as raw you got. Mention a music video you did not get. Mention Modest Mouse you did not get. Name a city in the UK you got. Mention Triple J you got. And use the phrase PhD you did not get. Well, there you go. A couple of those I definitely was like really close to getting. Um, <laughs> uh, you listed off a lot there. I can't really remember because I'm, you know, 10 shots in. But um, mm-hmm. um, a couple of those I was very close to getting. Um, like Arctic, Arctic Monkeys. Arctic Monkeys, I also was sort of like as as much as like, that's the thing is like Catfish in the Bottomman doesn't sound a lot like a lot of Arctic Monkeys stuff, even though they both draw roots from the strokes. Like I do right. love the Arctic Monkeys 100%, but they're Arctic Monkeys and Catfish in the Bottomman, you know, there's still very different vibes where I like didn't feel like I needed to bring the Arctic Monkeys up, but I do love the Arctic Monkeys. But I did think about bringing them up, but I was like, you know, it's different than that. It is. It is. I agree with you. I like. I feel like uh, you had brought up a point earlier about like sticking to the formula or changing up the formula. Like Arctic Monkeys to me are one where like their first record is so fucking cool to me, and yeah. then, like their newer stuff kind of. Exactly. I'm not super into it. Like they have cool stuff yeah, now. Do. Like I respect yeah, it. Shit. I don't know. Like compared to their first record. Um, just that opening track, uh, what's it called? A View to the Afternoon. And uh, they ended on that clean, like, A major 7 chord. Yeah. I don't know, it's cool as fuck. I fucking well, I th- yeah, I wasn't a big fan of uh, the Arctic Monkeys' newest album. But I did see them play it live. And um, that would, that's the thing. is like what I was talking about earlier with Catfish and the Bottlemen and that live-to-album ratio. Of where with Arctic Monkeys, the album to me when I listened to it was just like not super great. And then I did see it live and it was it was really good live, but they also only played a couple songs off of their newest album. So when I saw it live, it was like a lot of their older stuff as well that made it great. But their live stuff off of their new album still wasn't as good. And so I was like you know, it's still sort of a, still sort of a downgrade, you know? So it's like, they didn't, 
feel like Arctic Monkeys didn't really get that ratio right, whereas Catfish and the Bottom in they get that ratio right, you know? Yeah, I feel it, dude. I feel it. I kind of feel the same about the Strokes. Like, I feel like their first record is so fucking good. Like, every goddamn song is so amazing. And they kind of dipped a little, but then I think their newest, newest album was, like, actually yeah. pretty sick, too. Well, and that's the thing about the Strokes, too, is that the way they've stuck to their roots, you know? And I think that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I try to do that in my own music as well. And uh, I think it's, you got to stick to the roots rather than changing to what everybody else or what you think everybody else wants to hear. And and with Arctic Monkeys, with their newest album, I think that's what they did a lot. But also, if you look at their music, you look that they were making that change even on their last album, they were making that sort of change towards the progressive rock and that kind of experimental stuff. And so they were making that change anyways, but it's like, you want to hear, you know, you want to hear a little bit, you want to hear that change. You don't want to just go from one album being rock to another album being experimental, you know? You want to hear the transition. If they're going to make that transition, you want to hear the transition. And Arctic Monkeys sort of made that transition with uh, with AM, you know, and they, uh, you know, they went from a lot of rock stuff to a lot of, uh, you know, more alternative. But um, then with their new album, they went ultra alternative. And uh, I'm drunk, and that's about that's about all I got to say. Fuck yeah, man. I think that's a perfect note to end it on, dude. Uh, thank you for coming on today. I had a great time talking to you, man. Um, this has been Bands, Beers, and Buzzwords with Mr. Jack McCain yeah, and yeah. John Paglisotti. We uh, we will see you guys next time. Bands, Beers, and Buzzwords, baby! Mm-hmm.